Hello, this is Steve with A Hope and a Future. I just felt like I needed to do this little disclaimer before getting started because of some amazing recent events. The plan for this podcast has been to do a first season of four episodes that were all pre-recorded, and then to start a new season beginning on August the 1st, with each episode from then on being both recorded and released within just a few days' time. This is because of how quickly things are moving and changing in the world these days, and this podcast really needs to be in step with current events in order to actually fulfill its purpose. And then came the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Even though the overturning of Roe doesn't end abortion, it is an amazing step in the right direction. Huge news. Taking the issue out of the government's hands federally and returning it to state governments. So, if what you're about to hear had been recorded after the Supreme Court decision had been handed down, I'm sure it would have influenced the way I discuss the abortion issue in these pre-recorded episodes. If you do happen to sense this as you listen, please overlook it. And so, having said that, I thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of A Hope and a Future. According to surveys, about 70% of the people in the U.S., say that they are Christians. Now, just for the sake of argument, let's suppose that a full 10% of those are actually not, but just feel compelled for whatever reason to claim that they are. That still leaves 63% of people claiming to be Christians. And you know what? Let's suppose a full 10% of, of those, they really are believers, but let's, you know, just take in consideration that they may not feel like it's an important part of their lives. So we'll just leave them out too. So that still leaves a little over 56%. So if something like 56% of the people in the U.S. are basically engaged, sincere Christian people, that means that the church, we, are the majority. And this is a democracy. Thank you for listening to A Hope and a Future, a podcast that explores the church's intended role and influence in the earth, both now and in years to come. When we find ourselves scratching our heads over the moral degradation, the darkness that now has all but overtaken this nation, and when we stop and realize that this degradation is not being done in spite of our government's policies, but is greatly being done in accordance with the government and its policies, there are really just a limited number of explanations for that. Either the system is not actually democratic, but is now corrupted, a rigged game, so to speak, or the voting public is mostly complicit in the immoral policies our government is making. Now, I think we all know that, to some degree, our election process is monkeyed with on a regular basis to to some point. But I also think we have to admit that it's not corrupted enough yet that we can let the voters completely off the hook for the outcomes of our elections. It's often said that elections have consequences, and the consequences we suffer are not only due to the politicians who win elections, but also due to the voters who help them win. 
This is surely what is most troubling about the direction that our nation is going right now when you really think about it. It's really no surprise, and I would, I would say it's not even particularly concerning that there are some people out there who support or at least don't really mind the leftist agenda going forward. What's troubling is that they apparently may make up the majority. Otherwise, an elected government, generally speaking, would not have the power to make all this happen. Now, you don't hear this kind of talk too much from your average conservative politicians because the oldest rule in politics is don't alienate the voting public, even the portion of them that didn't vote for you the last time around. And you can see why that is. But interestingly, there has been quite a bit of calling out the voters, if you can actually call it that, done by the other side. Perhaps uh, these terms might ring a bell. Deplorable, racist, Nazi, xenophobic, smelly Walmart shopper, all those things. Now, that is kind of just name-calling. It's very childish and offensive. And it's actually just blatantly untrue. Anybody that actually lives day-to-day in the culture knows that those things are not true. But I'm not really, you know, concerned about saying what I'm, what I'm saying because I'm not running for office and I'm not a leftist either. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to stay in that place of balance where I call out the voting public, but without being a rude schmuck about it and, and name-calling. Until it can be proven that our elections are indeed rigged beyond repair, the consequences of our elections are ultimately up to the people who are given the responsibility of being part of those elections. When it comes down to it, it's on us. It's on the voters. So, with the darkness around us increasing these days and with a supposed Christian majority, it's time to ask ourselves, what is going on? Foster the Sound Studio exists to cultivate relationships with artists and creatives while helping in the process of releasing the sound and content they carry. Foster the Sound Studio accomplishes this by providing encouragement, genuine relationship, collaboration, and the use of studio quality equipment in order to release professional content. You can find out more by visiting www.ftsstudio.com. There are plenty of reasons that a Christian majority in our nation may not necessarily translate into a moral revival in our nation. Many Christians just don't vote. Now, this is a real problem. I mean, the very thing we're talking about here is the influence that the people of God's kingdom should be operating in in the earth. The fact is, casting your vote may be the most base expression of influence that there is. It costs nothing. It doesn't even really require faith. If there's one civil duty that a Christian citizen has no excuse for not participating in, it's voting. I mean, Jesus really says it plainly. Remember, in Matthew 25, we find one of his parables in which he's describing the kingdom, and he tells of a man who's getting ready to go on a long journey. And he gives each, each of his servants some money to take care of for him while he's gone. 
So while he's gone, a couple of the servants do some wise investing, and they both double the money that they were given. But another servant just holds on to the money, uh, which he was entrusted with, and he does nothing with it. Now that guy is called wicked and lazy by the man when he returns from his trip. But to the ones who had actually done something with what they had been given to watch over, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. We have been given the opportunity as Christians in this nation to use our vote as an elementary part of being the light of the world, to hinder the darkness by electing leaders whose policies promote godliness and righteousness. If we blow off that responsibility, aren't we just being wicked and lazy? Like I've said before, it all it takes for evil to thrive is for good people to do nothing. But here's the exciting part. If we are faithful in the little thing of speaking through our vote, who knows what other avenues the Lord will open up to us as faithful servants through which we can impact our culture with light. Now, another reason Christians are failing to strongly um, promote righteousness, so to speak, in America is that a shameful number of believers and, frankly, entire denominations have now become so contaminated by the mainstream ways of thinking that they have had to resort to just tossing aside whatever uh, you know, established biblical standards of morality the mainstream considers offensive or old-fashioned. And so without the plumb line of established truth, the standards for such people and organizations are pretty much lost. Now, that's a, that's a subject worthy of a lot more attention, but it's a big one. So we're going to move on from that, and we'll come back to that in a later episode. But for now, let's move on. There's yet another reason for our lack of political influence that I want to hit on, and that reason is our desperate need for repentance. Now, when I say that, don't assume I'm saying that a bunch of sincere Christians are involved in grotesque and sinful activities, and if they would just apologize, everything would be okay. That is not what I'm saying. Kairos Artistry is a small business in Western North Carolina that began with a love of capturing the simple moments of life for all to enjoy through the lens of a camera. Kairos Artistry has developed into a robust video and photography business, covering all areas in the field. Some of Kairos Artistry's featured services include drone property tours and interior floor plans, capturing your favorite athlete in high-action sports photos, highlighting products or accentuating the look of your website, acquiring that ideal professional headshot for your portfolio. Kairos Artistry is ready to walk you through all the services they offer and customize them in order to meet your needs. You can contact Kairos Artistry by calling 828-284-3008. Kairos Artistry LLC is FAA licensed and insured. In talking about repentance, we need to understand that to repent is not just about apologizing for something you've done wrong. The word repent actually means to change the way you think. 
That's what it means. It's a translation of a Greek word, metanoia, and metanoia basically means a change in thinking. This is precisely why repentance cannot be looked at as just a saying you're sorry kind of thing, as if we repent uh, when we first become a Christian and then we're good. No, we have to be in a constant state of change throughout our lives as believers. And a change of any kind is going to begin in our minds. Now, of course, the only manner in which God intends for your thinking to change is for it to become more and more like his thinking. That's what it means in Romans 12 when Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed into what? Into someone who doesn't think like the world around them, but thinks like the one who so loved the world that he sent the light of the world into the world to change the world. Life in the kingdom is an ongoing experience of changing the way we think of repenting. It's a never-ending process. Like I've said before, our decisions, our choices, they set trajectory for the rest of our lives. If we can change the way we think, we can change the way we decide to live our lives. And if we can decide to change the way that we're living, we can change the way our lives influence those around us. And if we can change the lives of those around us, we can change a nation. But I'm telling you, if our minds don't change, if we don't address the way we think, real change is basically out of reach. How do I know that the church in America is in desperate need of repentance, of changing the way we think? Well, the majority of Americans profess Christianity and are, at the same time, voting very often in direct opposition to their very identity as a man or woman of God. Bill Johnson, the leader of Bethel out in California, hit on this very thing last year in one of his messages. Now, for those of you who don't know who Bill Johnson is, this is no three-piece suit-wearing legalist pastor. This isn't some Bible Belt preacher who's all about bashing us over our tattoos and our long hair, okay? Now, a little bit after the 2020 election, this is what he had to say as he was talking about the danger of allowing yourself to live in the state of being offended. Now, check this out. If I were to call out what I think is the number one enemy that I've seen at work in the body of Christ in the last two years, it would be offense. And it's, it's connected to this right here. It appears as wisdom. It comes with reason. Have you ever met a bitter person that didn't have a good reason? It's their reasoning. Offense is that way. Offense just inspired a bunch of people to vote for abortion that are totally opposed to abortion. It moves people that dramatically because it has the appearance of wisdom, and it is not. Okay, so can't be said much clearer than that. Consider this. Colorado continues to run headlong toward becoming a complete hellscape. It is now perfectly legal to murder an unborn baby at any stage of his or her development. 30 seconds before being born, a would-be mother has the right to kill her baby. 
10, 10 seconds, five seconds before being born. Governor Jared Polis in Colorado, I honestly hope, honestly, that at this point he would say that he's an atheist. But, but in truth, it's not all that hard to find people these days who claim to know God and stand with the abortionists at the same time. Are they saved? I don't know. That's, that's squarely in God's own judgment. But if they are, their thinking is not only worldly, but so corrupted through conformity to the world system that they support by electing, by electing men like Jared Paulus into office, full-fledged practices of evil. Where's the supposed Christian majority in the ever-deteriorating state of Colorado? Five murdered babies, most likely killed during birth, which is at least that is still illegal in the U.S. But these babies' remains were found in the possession of a pro-life whistleblower in Washington, Washington D.C. recently. This whistleblower was apparently holding on to these remains as evidence of the crime of partial birth abortion still allegedly being practiced in D.C. So, when this came out, guess who's under indictment? The whistleblower. Not the ones who allegedly killed five people, the one who is trying to expose them for doing it. The elected officials there are the ones making those decisions. Where's the supposed Christian majority in that town? That, my friends, is how deeply the church today needs to experience repentance. We can make the majority in America still being Christian into good and meaningful news again. But to do it, we have got to change the way we think, to have our minds renewed to be more like the God we claim to serve. Darkness has been spreading in our nation. Our nation is a democracy. We are the majority. Whose fault then is the darkness? I'm Stephen Smith, and this is A Hope and a Future. A Hope and a Future is a weekly podcast Produced and recorded at Foster the Sound Studio. Graphic design by Kairos Artistry. A Hope and a Future is available on all listening platforms. Thank you for any comments and feedback.